0: The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. Now, charities work hard to raise awareness and money for those in need. And believe it or not, we have 11,500 registered charities operating in the state. The charities regulator has just published its annual report. And I'm joined by its CEO, Helen Martin. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. 11,500. I mean, it seems too many for a little country like ours.
1: We, we often we often get that alright people think that there are too many it is pretty similar though when we look at per head of population as to what we would see in, in England and Wales and Scotland so we're not far off how do you define a charity that would
0: be registered with you?
1: Well, a charity in Ireland has to meet a very specific test. So it has to be um, operating um, in the state have activities here. Um, It also has to be advancing a charitable purpose and only a charitable purpose. So it can't be doing something charitable and something else. And what is or is not a charitable purpose is very clearly stated in the legislation. So sometimes the public might not, uh, they might get a bit confused about what is a charity and what is not.
0: Give us some examples of things that wouldn't be a charity and things that definitely would. I mean... Looking after cats is that a charity?
1: That absolutely is. Yeah, that would okay. that would that would you know anything to do in terms of animal welfare is definitely okay. Uh, and what uh, would
0: not be a charity?
1: Well, we did some research, and what we found is that we had around forty percent of the public thought that, for example, funding platforms, online funding platforms, were charities, and um, they're absolutely not. They're commercial entities, and
0: therefore they're not regulated.
1: They're not. Well, they're not regulated by us. No, they're not. They're not charities. They're commercial. They're commercial bodies, and um, they're operating for for profit. And um, sports bodies. Uh, sports organisations your local sports clubs um, they're not not charities advancing sport in Ireland is not considered to be a charitable purpose so they wouldn't be regulated by us either
0: Now that doesn't mean that they don't get involved in charitable activities they might raise funds for someone who's been injured or whatever
1: yeah, exactly. And actually funny enough that you say that, Pat, because that's another confusion that there is on the part of the public as well. We'd often have people coming to us, they're collecting for a particular sick child, maybe for um, some kind of, uh, you know, support that they want to get for them or some kind of treatment. And somebody has told them they need to register with the charities regulation, but that's not actually the case because um, what you have in that situation is an individual. So it's very much a private benefit to that individual. Yeah. And if in order to be a charity in Ireland, there has to be public benefit. And that's another key aspect of what it means yeah. to be a charity in Ireland.
0: And the question, therefore, how are charities taxed, if at all? Probably not.
1: Well, charities are entitled to apply to revenue for a charitable tax exemption, um, but that's entirely separate. That's a matter for revenue. They make those decisions about who are, okay. or who isn't no, entitled to No, because I'm just that.
0: wondering if the people raise funds for, uh, you know, an operation that someone needs in the United States, would that be viewed by the taxman as income?
1: I wouldn't be able to answer that, Pat. I think that's a question for, for revenue. But it, what I'd say to people is, um, for anybody, we have come across situations whereby particularly u- Ukraine and COVID where people were getting together and that was not the time to be trying to set up yeah. a charity. It was better to get in touch with an existing charity because they will know what the answers to all of these questions. They'll know what their tax liabilities yeah. are. In, in, in any structure. event,
0: uh, any individual can give a, a gift to, to somebody as long as it's not over a particular threshold every year. So if you, people throw €100 Euro towards... Uh, the funding of an operation that's not taxable because it's a gift. So,
1: Well, would, there's certainly, I know, um, taxation rules around that, um, Pat. And similarly, if you're donating to a charity, there's there's tax benefits yeah, for, tax for benefits. you and, and for the charity as well.
0: Now, um, almost 75% have declared full compliance with the code, but that means a quarter haven't.
1: Yeah, well, there there can be a number of reasons for that. Um, and we're talking about full compliance there, um, Pat, but actually charities uh, will also declare if they're in partial compliance. And you can actually see these statements if a charity is elected for this to be published. And I would say to everybody, if you get on and you want to know about a charity, it's really important to inform yourself. So you can check a charity.ie is the website to check. And if you pop your charity's name in there that you're looking to find information on, you'll be able to see what their activities are, their finances, whether they've been filing and whether they've declared full compliance with the charity's Governance Code.
0: Yeah. Now, what happens if they don't?
1: If if the declaration isn't there, then that's certainly a question for the member of the public to ask the charity, but also we have a whole compliance and enforcement programme around the charity's Governance Code. What we're trying to do is to find out from those charities that state that they're not in compliance or if they state they don't want to say. Um, or also charities say they're only in partial compliance, but they haven't said what aspect they're not in compliance with. And
0: what would those aspects be? I mean, well, what do they have to do to uh, do?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a charities governance code. Charities in Ireland have really engaged with it; it's been fantastic. We launched it in late 2018, and um, it's a plain English guide. I'm, I'm I'm aware that non-charities are also using it because it's yeah. very useful. It tells you, um charity trustees—they're the people in charge of the charity, they're the directors of the board, the committee members in your local uh, your local charity—and um, they have very specific obligations. And what it does is it basically tells you how to run your charity well. There'll be a whole lot of standards there, and charities will 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 go through those themselves because at the end of the day, this is a self-declaration. This is a tool that we put out there to assist charities, to show them what what was best practice. And When it comes to other things, like, for example, filing an annual report, that's slightly different, um, Pat, because that's actually a legal obligation under the Act. Whereas the Charities Governance Code is a mix of your legal obligations, but also best
0: practice. Now, the numbers aren't great. Um, 59% filed on time. That means 41% did not.
1: Yeah, this we were, were we're disappointed with this. This is kind of the second year that the numbers have fallen, and what we're trying to do is to engage with charities. We have a stakeholder forum, and we're also doing a number of surveys to see actually what the issue is with charities not filing on time. Um, because the issue is, the obligation is to file on time within ten years. Uh, sorry, ten months of your year end, and charities uh, that the number that are doing that are falling. You know the information that you provide in an annual report. Charities themselves, when they were surveys previously, said that the, this form is not difficult to fill out. It's relatively yeah. straightforward. So, um, and it's really important for the public. Because so, what do you do if someone
0: hasn't filed, and perhaps maybe a year later? You know, after it was due, they still haven't filed. What do you do, or do we've, you have a mechanism to review yeah, all this?
1: Yeah, we 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 have a program ongoing at the moment, and we've we've been very clear with the sector um, that we we are taking action at the moment. So there will be a number of charities that will be removed from the register. That's one of the the sanctions for failing to meet this obligation. It's also a criminal offence, so it is something um, that charities can mm-hmm. be prosecuted for. We've we have one ongoing at the moment, and um, but we, we we do want to be proportionate in these cases. We're conscious of the the sector that we're regulating. It's, you know, consists mainly of volunteers. Yeah. So our regulatory approach is actually to bring people into compliance. What I would say, Pat, is, you know, this is really, really important for the public because this information is crucial. When we pub- when we um, surveyed the public, they said that knowing about the charity's finances and activities um, was something that they took into consideration when they were deciding whether to donate. Sure. And the numbers that were saying that had really imp- increased. Yeah.
0: And they, w- they won't get tax relief on any donation if the charity not registered, I presume.
1: Well, if the charity's not registered, that's that's a that's a different issue. All charities are required to be to be registered, but we would hope that it wouldn't just be the chat the tax um, yeah. implications that would be prompting. but no, but often you know,
0: uh, when you give to a charity, then they can get the tax back.
1: Yeah, exactly. And obviously, yeah, if they don't have a charitable tax exemption, but again, that's something that's administered by uh, by revenue, yeah. not ourselves.
0: Um, text here: uh, Do charities have a percentage that they must give of their turnover to the end cause?
1: There isn't. No, there's. So
0: I heard it's 1% that if they only give a tiny little scrap
1: no, no, no. I mean, th- this is. I think this is something that isn't understood um, more generally. So, when a charity is collecting funds, it has to be clear with the donor. Donor, what it is collecting those funds for, because donors are clear about what they what they want to donate to, um, and then that that money should go towards the charitable purpose and the charitable purpose only. So, you know, the way sometimes
0: doing- they say, uh, you know, uh, nine cent uh, out of every ten cent will go to the charity, uh, when they maybe it might be a, a text. Number or something like that. There's no designation that a certain amount of every donation has to end up with the charity.
1: Um, not at the not at the moment. Now, if I suppose that's a slightly different question because that's where they're using a service provider to help them fundraise. So if you're using a service provider, you can actually, you know, you you can pay a a fundraiser to to fundraise for you. Um, But obviously what's absolutely crucial is there can't be more in it. They can't be getting a greater benefit than the charity is getting. Um, And this comes back to public benefit. If there's too much private benefit, then you run the risk as a charity of taking yourself outside the charity test and suddenly not Mm. being a charity any longer. What
0: kind of complaints do you get every year? Because you do get a number of complaints. Can you categorise them?
1: Yeah, the main categories are around um, governance um, in charities charities. You know, financial controls would be another one. Maybe there isn't, there aren't sufficient um, uh, financial controls in place. Also the legitimacy of of the the charity. Now that's something that we work very hard with on Garda Shia Khanna on. So again, I'd say to the public, if you're getting leaflets through your door about clothing collections, it's really important that you do check a charity.ie and make sure that that entity is in fact a charity because otherwise, you know, the things you're intending to give to charity are potentially going to to other bodies. Complaints
0: about chugging?
1: No, we don't, we don't um, uh, tend to see a lot um, on that, uh, Pat. I think that's got improved over the years, certainly in terms of the way in which charities fundraise. There's mm-hmm. a lot more fundraising going um, online yeah. in any event.
0: Yeah, and every year, typically, how many charities do you delist?
1: Um, Well, at the moment, mainly the reasons why charities are taken off the register is if they are winding up themselves. And also, um, there's also a situation whereby in certain cases for certain charities, if they lose their charitable tax status, they automatically come off the the register. So there could be a couple of hundred of those um, each year. But what I would say uh, to the public is that, you know, we receive, you know, over... It's 600 concerns each year on average. Um, But that's actually a very small percentage when you look at the number of charities in Ireland. And around 98% of those concerns will be resolved by working with the charity, and we will not have to take any formal statutory action. And that's a real testament to the sector that they absolutely want to comply. It's just given the nature of the sector it's mainly volunteers and it's mainly smaller charities they just need a bit of assistance and that's what we're there to, to right. assist the local people And if people want to check with. all of
0: that out where do they go?
1: They can go to checkacharity.ie if they just want to, to check a particular yeah. charity um, but if they want to find out more charitiesregulator.ie is where they can find all of the information and if you're a local group as well you can find really good templates and, and different documents there to help you okay. with running your charity.
0: Very good. Helen Martin, CEO of the Charities Regulator uh, thank you very much